how many how many people today 2022 have had some sort of church hurt yeah and yet feel like they're alone Mm -hmm. they're the they're the lone victim that the person who did the abuse has gotten away with it hey welcome to next steps i'm pastor adcock i'm here with miss darby bell adcock good morning Good, good morning how are you doing I'm great. I have coffee today, so it's yes. great. Last week, you... Oh, no, I'm talking two weeks ago. We had Hayden last week. That's right. We had Hagen. And uh, Hagen, yes. And um, he uh, did a great job. He did a great job. And yep. then uh, you were with me the week before, mm-hmm. and you didn't have your coffee. No, I didn't. So. There was a few moments I was just like, <laughs> my brain just couldn't quite keep up. <laughs> so to our coffee drinkers out there, Miss Darby can uh, tell you which ones are the best, oh, which yeah. ones are probably not so good. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's your favorite blend? Uh, I like anything, just medium blend. I'm not that savvy. I just okay. like a good, I like espresso. But if you guys want great coffee, the Rabbit downtown, I think we all know that. But the right. Rabbit, give them a little plug. They're wonderful. Yes. Great coffee. Yeah. Yep. They do a great job and uh, they're very uh, kind to the community as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, Darby, you and Malachi weren't with me yesterday Mm-mm. in church. And I shouldn't say with me, but with all of us um, at, at BBC. Mm-hmm. So, tell us a little bit about your weekend. So we went to Rockford, Illinois, and we were with a church called River Valley Rockford, and we've kind of partnered with them. uh, It's been about like a year and a half, I want to say, just about a year and a half. So um, there's a church out there, and we're kind of, we call ourselves like extended family, so we're like the cousins coming in. (laughs) Um, But we'll go in and guest lead uh, worship, uh, and we'll just kind of come alongside their their worship team or just their team and kind of encourage them. So fun fact, the lead pastor that is in Rockford, Illinois, I interned under him when he was a worship pastor at the last church that we were at, um, and he stepped out with his family, and he took his first lead pastor position, um, and they're doing a great, great job, but it was, you know, it was uh, something they were plugging into, and um, some things had uh, been dropped by the previous pastor before, so he there's a lot of work that needed to be done, a lot of TLC um, that needed to be done, so... Uh, just uh, it's Ian McClelland and his wife Jody are the the pastors over there, and they're uh, they're both just wonderful. So we just kind of go and help them. It's interesting to me because as a pastor, when I was in school, when I mean school, I mean college, undergrad. One of the things that they said is, "Go start a church. If you're going to have problems, create your own. Don't go take someone else's problems over." Mm. But a majority majority of pastors do take a church over that's been pre-pastored by someone else. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and obviously I've done that. I've never started a church, so I can't speak from that experience. But the idea that we come in sometimes thinking this church is as perfect as a church can be, humanly speaking, mm-hmm. only to find out that it too was flawed because yeah. humans were behind it. Yeah. And, and obviously God guides the church, but sometimes I think it's frustrating to us that why didn't he or she do this? Why didn't he or she do that? And, and I'm sure people will do that to us, well, to me, uh, when yeah. when my time comes to an end, and yeah. so whoever comes in take over after me, be like, why in the world did he do it this way? You know, I have like I have really chewed on this for for years, but I the more that I hear, because I you know grew up in the church, and our family had you know church hurt, and we you know the other questions come up like why you know the questions are always there of like, well, I wouldn't have done it this way and bought, you know, mm-hmm. but the more that I ask people questions and hear and, and listen to their stories and you, you just, there's so many people that have had church hurt. And, uh, unfortunately it's just, 
I've learned it's like cause before I would have a bit of a chip on my shoulder of sure. like man because they're the people that are supposed to help supposed to help like you yeah. just come in with that mindset but you know every church has people broken people in them and yeah. you know I hear these stories and it's like well I'm I I don't believe in God anymore because people suck you know yeah. or people hurt me sure. and the more that I can more hear, specifically Christian people yeah but yeah. the more that I can hear that I'm you know we're just like we. We, none of us have it right. And yeah. any church you go to, there are some beautiful parts. Um, I was just talking to somebody about this uh, just the other day, but any any church you go into, you can you can love parts of it, but there's going to be parts of it. You're like, ah, I don't, I don't know. There, there's no perfect church. There's no perfect pastors. There's no perfect staff. And that's hard for us to swallow at times because we like to think, well, is there anybody better than me? Yeah. You know, but yes, there is, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of people better, but God calls each of us to a specific place at a specific time for a specific season. Yeah. And that's what really with uh, what the church is uh, doing in Rockford right now, that's what Ian McClellan got called to River Valley Rockford. And so whenever we're not there, I know sometimes you're like, where did you guys go? But that's, that's where we're at is we're helping out another, uh, another church family, which is so, that's so that's happening here with Fresh Faith. We just talked with Hagen about Church of the Heartland, yeah. and it's just it's so important to to partner with other. Maybe not partner; that's not an option, but just to be. We're all doing the same thing, you know. The idea is to get the gospel of Christ out, mm-hmm. and to be able to do that, we're going to need people with different talents, different gifts, different abilities to reach people that maybe we would we wouldn't be able to reach. Mm-hmm. One of the things I always told BBC is let's do things that no one else is doing so we reach people no one else is reaching. Absolutely. And that's hard because people are like, oh that makes me uncomfortable. But I never see Jesus talking about our comfortability. Yeah. And kind of gets us to yesterday's message a, a little bit because I think we've heard the burning bush sermon probably if you've been raised in church you probably have heard it a dozen or so times different ways and but I'm not sure if we have heard it from a perspective of three lies that the burning bush is trying to cover or trying to combat against mm-hmm. Egypt. And Egypt told three lies. And, and we talked about yesterday something I thought was pretty unique. The signs had voices. Now, Darby, I, I don't, do you know sign language? I know people who know it, but barely. Okay. So when I was in Cub Scouts as a, as a boy, we had a young man who was deaf Mm -hmm. and he basically lived off reading lips or sign language. And so I picked up a few things. I don't remember them now. It's been a long time since then, but I, I know this, that when I was doing sign language, often I would say the words that I was signing and he would read my lips and read the signs. But in Moses's case, there was a rod turned to a serpent back to a rod. You had a hand turned to leprosy back to back to normal and then you had water turned to blood. And those three signs, the Bible says, if they don't hear the voice of the first, maybe they'll hear the voice of the second. Maybe they don't hear the voice of the first two, then they'll hear the voice of the third one. And that just really struck to me because like, what voice is God talking about? Mm-hmm. And have you ever thought about signs speaking, although they're not vocal? I haven't thought about it. I mean, come, no, I haven't. I, And I guess that's where I kind of was pausing at because I felt like I was preaching something yesterday that was new to me. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was new to everybody, but was new to me is like, there are things that we see that don't need words, but speak volumes. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't get into this yesterday, but you know, if we were at the empty tomb of Jesus, 
would there be any words need to be said because the sign was enough, the tomb was empty. Mm-hmm. It, it spoke volumes that Jesus is alive. He's, a, he's, a, he's risen again. Yeah. And obviously I wouldn't, wasn't able to have time to get into all that, but that's the kind of stuff I was thinking about. I was like, what are the things that we see in life sometimes maybe from the scriptures or just in life in general that we walk away and we don't have to say anything. The sign spoke enough. Absolutely. You know, and we were in Israel. I know we kind of bring this up quite a bit, but I think it's just life transforming, life mm-hmm. changing in Mount Nebo. Mm-hmm. We were told not to say anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, George did a lesson. It was an awesome lesson. And, but he said, Hey, I want you just to soak this in. I just want you to look at this. You're looking at, you're looking at the Jericho River. You're looking at where Jordan was. You're looking where AI uh, was. You're looking at different places, the Sea of Galilee. And you're just soaking this all in. And there, di- there wasn't really words, but the, the place spoke loudly. Absolutely. And I think that's what's happening here with Moses and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Throw your rod on the ground, serpent. Pick it back up, rod. Put your hand in your clothes, leprosy. Put it back, normal. Water to blood if they don't believe it. And I think what God is saying is, I, I'm, I'm going to have voices that are going to combat the lies mm-hmm. that Egypt has been telling. So you talked about ministry for a little bit there for a few minutes in Rockford. and mm-hmm. But I think you used the term, make sure I have this right, you said church hurt. Yeah, yes. So... I think people do get hurt by people in church. Um, I think, I think it's a good, good fact. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unfortunately yeah. it is a unfortunate fact of, um, we hurt people, broken people, broken, you know, hurt people and yeah, hurt people, hurt people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, but sometimes in that hurt and let's just call it abuse because there's been, totally. you know, one of the major talks in the past few years has been, um, sexual abuse within the mm-hmm. church um, this imo- this immoral mm-hmm. behavior that's taking place. It's just, it's not, it's not good for anything. Mm-hmm. And yet there are people who have probably spent nights, weeks, years silently mourning this abuse, have never said a word, mm-hmm. feeling like, what can I do? How can I, how can I, how can I approach this? Yeah. And have you thought much about that? Oh my word. Yeah. I mean, it's all over, you know, if you really pay attention to some of these you know, bigger pastors, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear the abuse stories that are coming out. And it's, it's, you know, and for the people that have had to carry that for years and, you know, there are so many forms of abuse that, that can happen in, in and out of the church period. You know, there's emotional abuse, spiritual abuse that isn't talked about often, but it's, you know, when you walk into, Again, a place that you are under somebody's, you, you've come under their umbrella, you're learning from them, that's, you know, a, an authority figure, and, you know, something goes wrong, and it, it's just, like, I can't, I can't imagine, and I'm, I'm so thankful to say that I'm, I'm just, I have friends who have walked through things like that, but I have not, and I just, I can't imagine having to carry that for years, because, you know, it's somebody that you're like, this was supposed to be right, and something went wrong, and where, like, I, where do I say this, do I say something, the victim to me, and I don't want to speak for every victim, but the victim to me kind of has a general feeling, this is my fault. Mm-hmm. What did I do to cause this abuse? What, Whatever the abuse is. Mm-hmm. And it could be, I remember, again, when I first started ministry, talking with a senior pastor, and I mean someone who's in the senior years, seasoned pastor, I probably should say. Yeah, yeah. And he said, never bully from the pulpit. Mm. 
And I thought, well, who does that? <laughs> you know, why, why would you do that? But then as I, the further I got into ministry, the more I realized, wait a minute, there's sometimes there's things that we want as pastors that I'm going to put a spiritual spin on. And I don't think mm-hmm. God gets glory out of that. Absolutely. And I hope I haven't done that. And if I have, I, I you know, um, Lord will let me know and I'll, I'll get forgiveness on that. That's, but that's one thing I've really tried hard not to do, but back to the victims here, just for a second, they, whatever the abuse is, whatever the bullying is, whatever has happened, they suffer alone. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what God's getting to. Mm. How many moms, dads, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles heard or saw one of the baby boys thrown into the Nile River? Mm. You know, and again, didn't get into it yesterday, but I, I wanted how, how many, how many uh, husband and wives cried in each other's arms yeah. because their baby was just ripped from them. Yeah. Cause we have this picture that the soldiers came in and did this, but the Bible says that uh, Pharaoh gave this power to every Egyptian person. Yeah. And so the, the baby was born. It was a boy. They just went and grabbed it, threw yeah. him in the Nile and, and the Nile covered it up mm-hmm. as if it never happened. Yeah. Have you ever thrown a rock into a body of water mm-hmm. Creek or a pond or something? And there's ripples. Mm-hmm. There's a splash. But within a few minutes, it's all back to normal. Yeah. There's no evidence that the rock is anywhere in that water. And when we, you know, when we went to to Egypt and to Jordan and when we did that, that last, uh, this last summer, we, we actually got to see the Nile. And I think that we've said that before, um, but it's such a, a thick piece, body of water. And what was told to us, and I'm, I'm sure that this has been talked about before, but what they told us is when, as soon as the boys were, were thrown into the Nile, it, the, that undercurrent, and they even warned us because we actually got to jump into the Nile, which was very, very neat. Um, but they, even the, the people that were helping us, um, our, our rabbi, our teacher had, has done it before. He's taken many trips. So we all kind of waited in, jumped in. Um, but some of the people that hadn't worked with us before were super scared. If you remember, they're like, don't go over that far because people don't jump in the the Nile because it's such a strong undercurrent Mm -hmm. and it will, it can just take you in a second. So back to my point of just they, when you threw the the baby boys in, they, they were gone. Like they they were completely taken under. They disappeared. And, and, and I kind of shared this fake illustration of these same grieving parents go before the Egyptian authority and say, Hey, our neighbors threw our baby boy in the Nile. And we just kind of played along with the game and they come to the Nile and the Egyptian authorities look at the Nile river and they say, well, there's no evidence. Mm. And just how heartbreaking that is. And we, and we bring this forward to like how many, how many people today, 2022 have had some sort of church hurt and yet feel like they're alone. Mm -hmm. They're the, they're the lone victim. That the person who did the abuse has gotten away with it. Yeah, I've done a lot of reading with some of the ladies who have come out bravely to mm-hmm. to name a pastor, a youth pastor, or somebody within the church who abused them, um, sexually assaulted them, mm-hmm. you know, raped them, mm-hmm. and how they came out 15, 20 years later. And people say, "Why did they wait so long for?" <laughs> and I think to myself, you. If you've never had that abuse, you have no idea the fear yeah. that comes behind that. And they have, let's just say 15, 20 years, they have sat there and thought, what did I do mm-hmm. to have this happen to me? Yeah. I wonder how many Israelites thought that exact thing. Yeah. 
what did I do to lose my baby boy? Mm-hmm. You know, and what, what, one thing I know that for the Jewish people, and I'm not going to say it's not true of all nationalities, but the Jewish people loved having baby boys. And we, have you ever wondered why that was? I mean, you're, you're carrying on the family name, you know, you've got another, yeah. you're, you're, You've got another strong hand for the family work. and Yes, that is true. And, and the family name is a big one. But the major one is the Jewish woman was going to bring the Redeemer in. Mm. And so every time there was a boy born, there was this like kind of insight. Is this the Redeemer? And I take you back to Genesis where Eve said after Cain had murdered Abel and Seth is born, she said, I have born a man. Mm. Is this the Redeemer? Obviously, we know it's not going to come in human form in the essence of, a human father and a human mother. It took Mary, who was a virgin, and the Holy Spirit, and it was an immaculate conception. But there's that picture, again, of here's all these Jewish women in bondage and slavery and having a child, not just a child, but a boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, this could be the Redeemer. This could be the one. Yeah. And see him thrown in the river Mm -hmm. to never be seen again. You know, it's not that I don't mean to be grotesque, but babies don't bob. Mm-hmm. They're not bobbers. You know, their little heads didn't bop up and down in the river and go down there. And it wasn't that they went in and never came back. That's how strong that current, just like you were talking about. That's how strong that current was. I mean, you look at you and I and we won't put our we won't put our weight on this podcast. Yeah. But, but you know, how tall are you? Oh, he meant like real weight. I was like, yeah. I think some spiritual baggage. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, I'm weight. I mean, if you want to, go ahead. But, no, no, no. But how, how about how tall are you? I'm like five seven. Okay, five seven. So I'm six foot. There were some other people out there that were um, somewhere between our heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were people who were skinnier than us. There are people who were a little heavier than us. Mm-hmm. George, I think, is about six four, six five, wasn't yeah. he? So, and no matter who it was, no matter the weight of their personal body weight. No matter their height, that current ripped us down. Well, yeah, absolutely. There was it, it didn't matter. The current's like, I don't care. And when we went down, I mean, you you went from three feet of water into kind of a deeper spot and then you were twelve feet down. Yeah. You know, you were twelve feet going down the river pretty quick. And something to to note too of you know, we say like we got to jump in the river, but that that really if you go to Egypt and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure there's something you can look up where this where I'm wrong, but it's not really it's not common. Like people don't swim in the Nile. Like it's not a place because the the current is so strong. It's not their culture. Yeah. Even when we were in Israel, the Sea of Galilee didn't have a yeah didn't have people out there. You know, um, with houses being built. You think about Bass Lake here or yeah, yeah. Max, Kentucky, whatever, and Culver, and people are building these multi million dollar homes around there. That just doesn't happen. It's not their yeah. culture. Water is life. Now mm-hmm. think about that for a second. If the Nile River was the life of Egypt and the baby boys were thrown into it and they died, mm-hmm. God said, what, and there was a verb, when Pharaoh looked at the children of Israel and said they were multiplying, the verb in the Hebrew is they were like insects. They were like creepy crawlies, mm-hmm. like serpents. Yeah. And what do you do with an insect? You smash it, right? Mm-hmm. Or you get your husband to. Yeah. <laughs> so, and smash it, rib it, creepy crawly, right? So here are all these creepy crawlies having creepy crawly babies. Mm. And so the male creepy crawlies were going to throw into the river. And God said, that's a lie. Those are my children. Yeah. And he reverses 
the river of life to become a river of what? Death. Mm -hmm. So that which brought life had caused death. And it's almost like God reversed the role of the river in the first plague. Yeah. So Moses says, here's the sign. The Israelites see it. He takes water from the Nile, pours it into the sand, and it turns into blood. And they're like, that's our babies. Yeah. That's our babies. And Egypt said, no, 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 no. There's no evidence of your babies being in the Nile. Mm -hmm. It was a lie from Egypt. And God said, no, no, I know they're there. Yeah. And in the first plague, he says, I'll show you. And he reverses the water that brought life. It brings death. The Bible says that in that first plague that it stank yeah. because of the fish that died, the reptiles that died in there. And we just think about all the death that that yeah. came. And God's like, I'm reminding you, Egypt, for what you did. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. You know, I think growing up, you know, even now, I think just hearing like the different signs that had happened, you know, the the river was made into blood. I, I don't think I ever put together that God had reversed it of of a you know, symbol, a sign of there are so many, there's so many babies that have died in here or, or, and who knows what else? I don't think I've ever thought about that. We don't know how many babies were thrown in there. I mean, I don't know if I want to know. I, yeah, I don't know if we want to know. But as we kind of come to a close here today, I just want to kind of speak to the, to the abused, to the victim. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that they know there's a safe place. Mm -hmm. You know, I would like, I would hope BBC is a safe place. Mm -hmm. I would hope that you and I would be considered safe people. Um, but it would be, it would be hard for me to believe that people who listen to this have never suffered any kind of church hurt, church mm -hmm. abuse. So I just want to encourage them to, in the, in, and this is our kind of our podcast next steps is your next step is to ask God to give you the, the bravery mm -hmm. to share your story someone safe yeah so i mean if you had if you 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 have a lot of friends that mm -hmm. some go to church some don't go to church yeah and they've had they've been hurt one way or the other i'm not saying they've been hurt in church or not been oh. hurt in church but they they've had their own personal hurts and your friends probably can come to you mm -hmm. hey this happened to me and you guys have your session whatever that looks like whether it's coffee whether it's go get something to eat or you have a crying session whatever it is but you get which is inside out. Yeah. Here's what I find with Christian people sometimes is oh, I don't want, I don't want to talk bad about so-and-so. I don't want to talk bad about this situation or this situation. There are times we have to talk bad. Yeah. I'm always, I always kick back when people are like, Oh, I don't want to talk bad. I'm like, you're talking about facts, facts that have happened, you know, yeah. and, and, and facts can be said without the spirit of gossip or, you know, if that's not, it's not gossip, you know, it's just the, you have t things that have happened that are factual that have really happened that need to be talked about. If we attack the problem without attacking the person, I think we stray from gossip. Yeah. And sometimes if someone came to me and they said, I was raped mm -hmm. and I was raped in your church. My first question would be when, mm -hmm. who, and what are we going to do about this? Mm -hmm. And you know, and I don't know the exact order of all that, but but I do know this, that if someone came and if we went to the court of law and said, hey, someone abused me, they, they would want to know who. Mm -hmm. And I think in our churches, we got to know the who's mm -hmm. because we definitely don't want those who's to ever doing that again. Yeah. We want to protect the victims. And I think that's what God did with this first or this first plague. 
but also the the, the final of the three signs. Where one thing I didn't say, Darby, is we're looking at the signs in reverse. So we're going water to blood, hand to leprosy, rod to serpent, in reverse order in this sermon series. But I think what God is saying is, I haven't forgotten the victims. Mm-hmm. I've seen everything. Yeah. And where many times victims feel like I've been abused, it's never been seen. I argue God saw it. Yeah. And He's going to do something. Yeah. And I don't know what that something is, but it's going to happen. And uh, and that we're, we're you know we've we've named a few few ways of abuse, but we we all know that there are just there are so many ways of. Uh, there are just countless ways of, of the ways that you're like, I feel, I feel uncomfortable or just, you know, there are some things that, you know, just, I just wanted to say that of, we've named a few, but the ones that we haven't, you are still seen. And, I, and again, I think one of the, we don't mean to be so heavy, but I think it's so important of, you know, it says God, you know, God break our hearts for what breaks yours. Yeah. And even in our next steps too, of, of this is something that we have been talking about, um, and some of our other circles is just having compassion for the other people and for the, and I know that people, you know, (laughs) and know that people can be really loud right now. And people, you're like, I don't want anything to do with people, but really our call as the church is if we, if we say that we know Jesus, he has seen us, he's chased after us, he's named our hurts and, and he saw us and had compassion on us and we're to do that for other people. And that being said of like, you know, we don't, we don't mean to be so heavy with talking about the, you know, babies in the Nile and, but that was, or just, you know, talking about church abuse, but these are things, and we don't mean to compare them. I know that they're, that they're not exactly equal, um, but when we went, got to the Nile, I, I would just like to say that like, you know, we heard about the, the babies being thrown in and it's so sad, but like to, to see the whole picture and, and to hold the weight of that, of like, this is heartbreaking yeah. and to hold the weight and hearing somebody's stories of abuse or, or somebody's, somebody's loss or whatever it is to hold the weight of, of that is to have compassion of, and I know so it's so Sometimes we don't want to look at it of like, oh, let's do heavy and, you know, I'll, I'll pray for you or we're praying for you and we just kind of stay over here. It's just it's just not what we're called to. And um, the last thing I just I wanted to say, too, of just, you know, with with church people and church hurt, I, I think and, you know, I'll, we've Malachi and I have gone through church. Hurt, and we, we've all we all have. And uh, it's taken me until the the ripe age of 28 to to take that chip off my shoulder and just to to know that we talked about churches are, you know, they're not all perfect, but I think one of the reasons why it hurts so much is you come in and these are the people that are supposed to, to fix it. Or these, at least these are the people that you're supposed to be safe with. Right. And then you walk in and all of a sudden you're like, no, I'm, I'm not. But so if, if, um, if you've had moments like that, just, you know, take a breath and, and, and we just, we want to validate the hurt, but know that there are people out there that are not that way. And, uh, it's, it's, we, we again. I always say this: we live in a broken world, and sin is in our world, and things will not be fully restored until Jesus comes back, and that's the day that we look forward to the most, and yeah, do absolutely. the best best we can. You know, we close in here, but we. I always say this: I wonder how many parents felt guilty when the baby was born and it was a girl. Mm, totally, that's a whole other conversation. I know it's a whole different conversation. Whole other conversation for but, another but, time. But your neighbor just lost their baby boy. Maybe, yeah. maybe all around you, and you have a girl, and you're relieved, but you have guilt mm. because it's it's not a boy. So it's a different conversation for a different day. But just something for our audience to think about. And again, I'm Pastor Adcock. This is Miss Darby Bell Adcock, and thank you for listening to today's Next Steps podcast. See you next time.